With your latest news, I'm April Cummings on Radio Caymans. For the record, Premier the Honorable Wayne Panton announced government plans to update the public Thursday as it works through changes in regulations which expire early next week. He says the recent public health adjustments shortening quarantine periods is only one aspect of what they're working on and asks for patience. The Premier also says there is a lot going on behind the scenes. We have been pushing, begging, pleading, Um, with the UK to allow us to utilize some of the vaccine supply we have to measure it off with a children's dosage and administer that to um, more broadly to the the, the 5 to 11s. Mm -hmm. Um, We don't have that authorization yet. Um, I'm told that it is is quite, yeah, that it's imminent. Tune into Radio Cayman Live at 3 p.m. for the government's COVID update. Health Minister the Honorable Sabrina Turner, meantime, says they all understand that the changes can be challenging, but they're doing what they can to make things easier as quickly and as safely as possible. She also tells Radio Cayman listeners she has concerns about some in the community not doing their part. I'm going to be very honest with you. Where the schools are concerned, Some of the parents are just very reluctant, if not outright refusing to test their children. And we are fortunate as a jurisdiction to have these test kits that are readily and available that we're distributing for free. So there's no reason why our community transmissions should be so high if we were adhering to public health protocols. Health Minister the Honorable Sabrina Turner live on Radio Cayman today. Another drive-through exit PCR testing clinic is scheduled for tomorrow morning in an effort to help some 1,800 households get out of quarantine early. Tuesday night, government announced new regulations that shorten the amount of time people have to isolate after testing positive for COVID. The new requirements, vaccinated residents will isolate for six days and become eligible for an exit PCR test on day seven. Unvaccinated residents will isolate for nine days and become eligible for an exit PCR test on day 10. This is a very fluid situation, so we're going to enjoy these regulations while they're working for us and prepared to flex should they have to change. But in order to comply with the regulations, we have to have a mass testing to release anyone who is currently in isolation or quarantine who would be benefited by the the reduced isolation. Chief Nursing Officer Dr. Hazel Brown tells Radio Cayman tomorrow's testing will take place at Truman Bodden Sports Complex. Then we're asking people to enter on Olympus coming off of Walker's Road because we don't want to affect the school traffic. And as far as possible, if you could drive towards the Windsor Park exit and um, Agape exits. Anyone who has been in quarantine or isolation prior to the 11th of January has been Um, included in this, and and we're expecting you to show up. If you attend tomorrow's clinic, be sure to take a face mask with you and bring your photo ID. Tomorrow's testing will be broken down by surname, A to D, 7 to 8 a.m., E to K, 8 to 9 a.m., L to R, 9 to 10, and surname S to Z, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Daily exit PCR testing clinics for COVID-19 positive residents will continue on Friday from 10 a.m. to noon at the Ed Bush Sports Complex, Bodentown Civic Center, and South Sound Community Center. The news that a COVID-19 vaccine will soon be available for vulnerable high-risk children in Cayman comes as welcome relief for one parent. Radio Cayman's Shanda Gallego speaks with Carolina Fajeda, who says it's been a long time coming.
pediatric vaccine in and of itself was a game changer. So actually being able to access this vaccine is going to be a tremendous weight lifted for all of us who have been waiting for it and pushing for it locally. Without sort of invading medical privacy, but what can you tell us regarding how close this hits home for you? I am the parent of a vulnerable child um, who will very much um, benefit from having access to this vaccine. So this is something um, which I've had to familiarize myself with um, quite significantly over, you know, pretty much the last two years since the pandemic started. Um, So yes, so this is, hits very close to home. What is the hope? What would you like to see moving forward? Now that we have um, a COVID-19 vaccine for vulnerable children coming soon, um, what's the hope with that and or anything else moving forward? Vulnerabilities obviously come in all shapes and sizes, right? And from the time that a parent learns that their child is vulnerable, um, in some way um, that parent knows that this will mean that, you know, they will need to do more, be it to protect or um, empower or facilitate things for their kids. Um, And whether that's a little bit more or a whole lot more um, is going to be dependent on that child's specific vulnerability. But, you know, all of us are starting from that place of that more. Every day you operate from that place of more. You educate yourself to be able to educate others and advocate for your kid. Um, You build relationships with professionals. In the case of medical vulnerabilities, you're talking, you know, your doctors, your nurses and medical personnel and your decision-making process, which for every parent is a balance, but, you know, for a parent of a vulnerable child that carries with it that additional burden of that more. So, you know, that's sort of the framework that we're working with because now, you know, you enter this once in a hundred years global pandemic where the learning curve is is global and it's steep uh, and science is doing its best to learn and catch up in real time, um, not just for children and people with vulnerabilities, but even for people without any underlying conditions. Um, And then the one more that everyone agrees on that we need more of is time, which we don't have. And it becomes clear over time that the more that you can identify is that there is more risk to the already vulnerable child. So, you know, I think um, everyone is just trying to make the best decision that they can with the information that they have. Obviously, that is a feat in and of itself in this age of misinformation and disinformation. Um, But I think it's also, you know, it has been really difficult to, to grapple with the reality that in a lot of ways, it's not even just about the difficult choices that you're having to make, um, you know, as a parent, but also the collective choices that the community has been making that are going to impact your child. So there's been a lot in terms of you have to process things, put things on a scale, and, you know, and all the while you have to ensure that you're not exposing your child to your worries and your fears and your certainty, because that's part of your job too, you know, which is to protect them from, I guess this burden of adulthood. So to have the vaccine and have the option of the vaccine is this weight um, off of our shoulders. But uh, I think it's, you know, it's every every parent is going to grapple with, you know, making the right decision. And um, and our decisions, just we we can only do the best that we can right now. So. Yeah. 
Parent Carolina Ferreira there speaking to Radio Cayman's Shanta Gallego. Public Health will be organizing specific childhood immunization clinics over the coming weeks, as they will not be administered at the COVID vaccination clinic. The public will be advised once the dates and location are confirmed. And of course, as we reported on Radio Cayman last night, a letter from a doctor will be required, so it's a good time to check in with your child's doctor. Government again will be holding a COVID update tomorrow at 3 p.m. We will carry it live right here on Radio Cayman. The Office of the Governor issues a statement today about the Owen Roberts Airport decision to ban curbside drop-off. Radio Cayman's Dion Anglin explains. The governor says the regulator requires keeping all privately owned vehicles at least 30 meters away from the terminal building unless other protective measures have been applied. But the UK and the governor's office did not have a problem with curbside drop-off as long as other, quote, minimal security enhancements were in place. The statement says the airport at first proposed a simple, very low-cost measure of moving privately owned vehicles to the outer road lane that was used by taxis and buses and moving taxis and buses nearer to the terminal, which was accepted by both the governor and the UK regulator. However, the statement says the airport had a separate need to fix traffic congestion during these times and at busy times, and it was this which led to a more complex and expensive solution being developed. The governor and the UK regulator, we are told, remain happy with the simple, low-cost solution that was originally proposed and remain very willing to work with the airport in assessing any proposals that provide a sensible improvement in security, at least cost, whilst also fixing the long-standing traffic congestion problem. The governor is fully satisfied that the UK approach throughout has been constructive and supportive. Reporting for Radio Cayman News, I'm Dion Anglin. That is your latest local news from Radio Cayman's Newsroom. I'm April Cummings. Good evening. With a look at Radio Cayman's local sports, I'm Dion Anglin. One of Netball's main focus this year is development. The Netball Skills Development Framework outlines the appropriate sequence of skills to teach players across five learning stages, foundation, development, intermediate, advanced, and elite, each one representing a progressive increase in skill and complexity for the developing player. This weekend, the Cayman Islands Netball Association will hold its umpiring and coaching forum via Zoom for anyone interested in learning the game. The technical director for Netball, Coach Janet Letman, invites you to come out. Development, development, development. Cayman Island Netball Association's got some exciting news. We are inviting you to a Zoom session on Saturday, the 22nd of January, 2022 at 7.30 p.m. for about 40 minutes. We're looking at developing your umpiring. Were you an umpire before? Do you want to get involved in netball? Well, then email the TD at Cayman Netball, TD at gmail.com. Our agenda is how to become involved with netball. We're going to introduce you to the umpire and mentoring program. We're also going to give you sort of like feeders where you can go to practice, who you need to contact. And then we got to ask the question. I'm on the sideline watching the game, but I'm confused. This is the time to increase your knowledge, increase your ideas and come get involved. Remember, email the TD at caymannetballtd at gmail.com. Ultimate Frisbee in the Cayman Islands is back in action this year after its brief holiday break. If you're looking for a good sweat and a good time, you can boost your fitness routine by checking out Ultimate Frisbee. Matthew Yates, the league's PR officer, says its casual co-ed pickup games are held once a week. 
we have our usual co-ed casual games taking place on Wednesday evenings at the Annex Playfield, formerly known as the T.E. Macfield Sports Center, which is next to the Georgetown Primary School. And games are taking place every Wednesday evening from 6 o'clock. That's when our warm-ups start and matches get going from 6.30 till roughly 7.30 p.m. in the evening. These games, as I said, are co-ed, so they're open to both male and female. And it's casual. So all levels of fitness and ability levels are welcome. And definitely newcomers are welcome as well. If you're wondering what is Ultimate Frisbee or how it's played. Ultimate Frisbee, it is a team sport. It's non-contact and it's played with a large plastic disc. And the object of the game is to score points by passing the disc to a player in the opposing end zone. Similar to an end zone in American football. The league is open to all fitness and ability levels and newcomers are welcome. One of the things I just wanted to emphasize with Ultimate Frisbee persons checking it out is that it's a great source of cardio exercise. It's a great workout. And I guarantee you come out there, you're going to get a good sweat. You're going to get a, a fair amount of running in. And I'm sure you'll enjoy how you feel after as you kickstart your New Year's resolutions and workout regime. So definitely check it out. Games are played on Wednesdays from 6.30 p.m. to 7.30 p.m. at the Annex Field. That's besides the Georgetown Primary School. And all fitness and ability levels are welcome to come out. In other local sports, the first of the annual Penny Series Tri-League Swim Meet kicks off this week at the Lions Aquatic Center. More from Radio Cayman's Carsley Fuller. Hosted by the Stingray Swim Club, the three-day event takes place on three consecutive Fridays and will feature competition among swimmers in the 11 and over age group. SSC partners closely with Special Olympics Cayman Islands and Sochi swimmers will train and compete with SSC swimmers and will be included in the competitive team in many international competitions as well. This was the the legacy of the late Mrs. Penny McDowell, and with her passing in 2019, the Stingray Swim Club has made it its core mission to continue this legacy of inclusion of Sochi swimmers as part of the SSC team. The league series is a face-off battle of the three clubs. Each Friday, two clubs will battle against each other, with the winning club getting the overall Penny Trophy. Each Friday, will have different events, with each team allowed only two persons swimming in each event. Reporting for Radio K-Man Sports, I'm Carsley Fuller. And the 2022 CIFA Senior League matches move into week two of competition this Saturday. At 6 p.m. on Saturday in the Women's League, it's Latinos FC versus Sunset at Ed Bush. In the men's division, the only Saturday match starts at 8 p.m., also at Ed Bush between Scholars International and East End United FC. Then on Sunday, things kick off at 3 p.m. in the CPL with games between Sunset and Latinos at the Annex and Academy versus Alliance at Academy Playing Field. At 5 p.m. up at Ed Bush in West Bay, Scholars are taking on Elite in the Women's League. Also at Ed Bush at 7 p.m. in the Men's Division, it's Future versus Elite, and Bodentown will take on Georgetown at home. That'll do it for Radio K-Man's Local Sports for this evening. I'm Dion Anglin.